there's always a bit of truth in legends. Welcome to the Throncast, a book club reading through the entire Star Wars expanded universe from beginning to end. I'm Matthew, and joining me on this legendary journey are my co-hosts, Amanda. I am not going to say it. And show. Ridden like a tauntaun. <laughs> Some excellent uh, pre-show banter, I guess we'll call it. Um, this is episode 3 of season 4 and we're here to discuss chapters 9 through 12 of The Truce at Bakura by Kathy Tires. Um, apologies for the irregular schedule that's been uh, plaguing season 4 so far. Uh, it's been a combination of things, partly the change in management, um, which is on me, um, and partly just other, you know, various life-related things, but uh, we're hoping to have a more reliable release schedule going forward, uh, not only for this season, but beyond. Or um, it, it turns out It turns out that having a really, really, really sore throat makes it hard to podcast. Take notes, you guys. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's, that's podcast science. Um, well, let's get right in. Unless you guys had any announcements or housekeeping or anything. No? All right. Let's get right in. When we last left our heroes, it was shortly after the Battle of Endor, and they just responded to an Imperial distress call from the far-flung world of Bakura. The Bakurans were under attack from a sinister enemy called the Siruk, who used human minds captured in a gruesome process called Entechment to drive their battle droids and fuel their conquest of the galaxy. The Imperials, the native Bakurans, and the Rebels have all formed a shaky alliance against these reptilian invaders, and the Rebels are on their way to a dinner party to cement that alliance into an actual treaty. But on the edge of the system, the Siruk lick their wounds, and one amongst their number, a captured and brainwashed human named Dev, wonders about the brief force contact he had with the one called Skywalker. Okay, that was really well done, Bowers. Thank I'm going to have you cut together like all the trailers for my future film projects in that a was... world <laughs> where repulsors are on everything <laughs> yes oh my god at one point they're just sitting on a repulsor field there's not even like a cushion or anything i i love the repulsor bed but we're jumping ahead um <laughs> i mean yeah yeah ridden like a tauntaun anyway oh, oh my god um... <laughs> so chapter nine begins with our friend dev um the uh, the human uh who's been raised by the sea rook um, he, he undergoes renewal, which is the brainwashing, uh, procedure he undergoes periodically. They, they refresh the brainwashing basically. Um, and we get to see the renewal process here for the first time. It's kind of a collection of like brainwashing cliches. I think it's fair to say. I love how Blue Scale's eyes apparently do the swirly thing from cartoons. <laughs> I find it interesting that Dev, like, unlike most victims of brainwashing, Dev is fully aware of what's going on. He's like, they're going to brainwash me some more. Maybe I don't want them to, because maybe I want to, like, get into it with the Skywalker guy. Uh, I probably should let him brainwash me, or at least I should sort of let him brainwash me. Like, he is fully aware of what's about to happen. Whereas most people who have been brainwashed are brainwashed not to know that they've been brainwashed. 
So I find that an interesting, like the first really interesting thing about this dev guy. Well, it's interesting because like they brainwashed him so thoroughly that he when he needs to undergo renewal, he's still brainwashed enough to report for renewal. Yeah, like, um, he totally volunteers for it. Yeah. But he also doesn't want to do it at all. Right. And like, especially at this point, because he doesn't want to uh, to spill the beans on Skywalker. Um, His but, one true crush. But <laughs> he also doesn't really know like how to get out of it. So he's just like, I guess we'll do this and hopefully I'll be able to hold out. But he doesn't hold out. Like, he, he undergoes renewal and right away he's like, oh, I force contact, Luke. Ah. And of course, Blue Scale is like, what, what, what? And he's like, I'm sleepy. And then he falls, falls asleep. <laughs> um, Poor brainwashed gay boy. <laughs> brainwashed gay boy. So brainwashed. Um, so gay. <laughs> We uh we get a little bit of world building here with the the pukwecks. Is that we are we doing the guttural stops? Yeah, no, we are not glottal stopping every time we mention these. I don't think are those supposed to be glottal stops? I thought it was like pretty sure glottal stop has a different symbol. I think they're just the pux. Yeah, the poex. Um, who are apparently a those X's like a, a servant race of the Sirook and um, you know sort of superficially resemble them, but basically are a lot smaller and weaker. And I don't think it's in this chapter, but later on in these chapters, we also learn that the Pwex can undergo entechment. Um, it's just that they don't last as long as humans, um, and so yes. it's the, it's the human brains that are like. It's it's the good stuff. It's the good juice. Like you could you could get by with some PUX if you had to, but uh, but for the real good juice, you want that that good human brain juice. Good to hear mm. that human brains are good for something. I guess brains. <laughs> more brains. Um, so one thing I thought was really interesting with Dev sitting around thinking about the PUX. Um, no, I'm saying it like that. So weird. Um, was like. He sees that they like look kind of ill and he's like, oh, clearly they're just not feeding themselves well. Clearly that's their fault. <laughs> they're too, they're like too stupid to not eat right or yeah. to eat right. And it's just like, ah, Dev. Poor, sad, sweet Dev. <laughs> Dev. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, so that's all I wanted to say about that. Um, and so then we move on to everybody getting ready for a big shiny dinner party. Yeah, it's a dinner party. Uh, first, we we check in with uh, Gariel, uh, who gets the news that this party is happening at her at her house. Um, she's not thrilled. You think they warn her like more than half an hour ahead of time? Well, she was no, because then she could have made an excuse. <laughs> And she was napping. Because as it is, she says, like, she wishes she were 10 years younger, which means she wishes she were still a child so that she didn't have to go. <laughs> I mean, me too for everything. <laughs> right. That's actually one of the joys of having a child is that I can use him and be like, I can't bring my three year old. Therefore, I can't come to your shindig. I don't want to go to anyway. <laughs> um. She also has the uh, the aforementioned repulsor bed, which uh, 
is ridiculous and wouldn't seem to serve any purpose. I don't, I don't think. I mean, there's still like a mattress. <laughs> I guess I don't. It's just a take. floating mattress. I guess it would take yeah, the place of the box spring. Yeah, the box and the bed frame. Yeah. Way. Well, um, I don't know if you've noticed this, but when they describe Becker and furniture, there's not a lot of wood. Huh. And pretty much everything is, yeah, we'll go back to that. Uh, pretty much everything is is on repulsors instead of, they don't seem to cut down trees. They put it on repulsors instead. So that's just sort of the super look ma I'm writing sci-fi thing. Yeah. <laughs> everything floats. Everything Again, floats. <laughs> at one point, I don't even remember when this is, but at one point you have like Leia just sitting on a repulsor field, not even on the, like on something on the field. It's just like a couple of people sitting on the repulsor field. And it's like, oh, oh, okay, that would be very <laughs> awkward to a film. <laughs> That's like the current equivalent of a yoga ball. Like you got to use your core to sort of stay yeah. balanced on it. <laughs> Also, like, how fine to... Never mind, we're not going down this rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> Too late, man. <laughs> she... I know where you were going with that, and it just got really dirty in my head. No, so... it wasn't... What? <laughs> but it for, could, written for, like a tauntaun. For so... once... For... <laughs> Jesus Christ. For once, I wasn't trying to make it dirty. I was just wondering how fine-tuned a repulsor field would have to be to not be, like, hella uncomfortable, but... You can make it dirty if you want to. <laughs> well, I did. So <laughs> there you have it. Um, speaking of dirty, uh, Gariel or Gariel's aunt, uh, rather, was it her aunt? I lost track. It might be her mom. Um, it's her, it's her it's mom. It's her aunt. It's her yeah, aunt. Her mom's dead. Okay. Yeah, her aunt raised her. So it's her aunt that's like her mom. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, mentions uh, Governor Nearest's uh, quote unquote attentions um, that you she's worried about. Which yeah, it's pretty gross. Dick, gross. Um, yeah. Also, huge cliche. Like you've got the slobbering imperial governor and the young pretty thing that Luke just loves so much. And but oh no, he's got to rescue her from the the attentions of the powerful greaseball. I, it's yeah, fine. it's a trope. Whatever. <laughs> I I try to ignore it. <laughs> Um, so we shift to the rebels getting ready and, and coming to dinner. Uh, Luke uh, Luke was in the uh, in the ship the ship bay the ship the docks all day. He was down at the docks uh, working on the ships. And uh, there's a line of like all of us. There's a line that says he'd caught the end of a lubricant shower. Which, <laughs> come on, <laughs> really? I mean, he got he of... got sprayed with oil. Right, he got sprayed with just... oil. Fucking say in oil. Slow motion. It doesn't need to be in slow motion. just like why do you... supermodel friends during a <laughs> yeah. uh, gasoline fight? Yeah, <laughs> and it was secretly filmed for a beer commercial that will run during Galactic NASCAR. <laughs> um. So hey, anyway, one way to make Nancy watch NASCAR. Luke is, is scrubbing the lubricant out of his hair. Um, Han has apparently dug up an old outfit from like some box on the Falcon. Um, the just the brief description we get sounds hilarious and ridiculous. It's like an a elegant satiny black uniform with military style silver trim. 
Yeah, it's so like, it's a cheap velvet costume from like a, a high school play. It's from like Galactic Party City, or like the kind of thing that like you know a a douchebag you know socialite wears to make himself seem important. Like, oh, I've got the military flair, but you know he can't wear an actual uniform because he's not actually in the military. Yeah. It it actually it feels the description of it to me feels a little bit like some douchey older gentleman's yachting costume yeah sure yeah that he would oh. wear out on his friend's boat complete with like the hat mm-hmm. i was just thinking about the hat and, and oh the, I, I hope han has a hat and the shoulder you know epaulets and, the epaulets. <laughs> and what i actually find interesting about this is that kathy tears took it somewhere that no one else had ever taken it this is the first time we see leia show any skin <gasps> she shows a shoulder my God. She's wearing an off-the-shoulder dress here, and this is the first time that Leia has dressed herself oh, and okay. had any skin showing. I mean, Jabba dressed her that one time, but it doesn't count because she killed him for it and then changed clothes off-screen. But for whatever reason, the author decided that this is going to be Leia at her raciest, which um, affects Han's behavior in the next scene, I gotta say. I don't know if an off-the-shoulder gown is really that racy. When the girl's been covered from her mandible to her metacarpals in every other scene. (laughs) (laughs) But also, this is the first time we're seeing her. I think think she flashed some collarbone on Endor. This is also the first first time we're seeing her at like a formal formal dinner occasion. There weren't any like formal dinners. Again, uh, Endor, obviously. No, there were so many formal dinners with the Ewoks. Come on now. (laughs) We got... um, a little bit of decolletage at the medal ceremony, but we haven't seen a whole lot of skin. We certainly haven't seen bare shoulders. <laughs> and now we have a bare shoulder and two bare arms. I don't know if I should be delighted or concerned that you're keeping track of this. <laughs> do you have any idea how much fan fiction I've written, Bauer? <laughs> I'm, you do I'm not. starting to. <laughs> what, I'm- a lot. <laughs> um, and apparently the Ewoks gave her the only medal on their entire planet and they made it into a bracelet. That's okay because they're going to have a lot of metal soon as the pieces of the Death Star rain down and destroy their entire civilization. Right. The next time you go to Endor, it's going to look completely different. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to have skyscrapers. Yeah. that or it's going to be a desert planet with weird bird things pieces of a star destroyer poking out it depends on like oh my god jacku is the moon of endor just with a different name we just we just we just filed the serial numbers off endor after it (laughs) went underwent an apocalypse um so Really kind of Mad Max Ewok di- edition. Really kind of dick move here. Leia tries to uh, keep Chewie from coming to the uh, to the dinner, which because the Imperials are super uncomfortable, and Chewie probably would be too. I mean, by uncomfortable, I think you mean racist. Yeah, yeah. No, like Everyone's so she's like, oh, they're, they're super racist, and instead of being like Leia and being like, well, they can suck it up because they know that you know the Rebel Alliance has aliens too. She's like, no, we need to make them feel super comfortable with their racism and, you know, that racism that doesn't affect me at all. And in in Leia's defense, they haven't been there very long. And I feel like that may be the kind of thing she would want to ease them into. But I don't like that she didn't want Chewie to come. And what I do like, though, 
is um, Han apparently wins this argument. And what he wins is the silent treatment from Leia, which is hilarious because these two people literally started bickering the moment they met and basically have only stopped to make out in the entire time they've known each other. Um, <laughs> and now suddenly she's not speaking to him. And so, you know, this is a whole new level of angry. Yeah, but it's over the comfort levels of racists. Yeah, it's 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 not it's great. Super it's not a weird. great look. It it's just it continues the sort of weird characterization of Leia that we discussed last episode. Yeah, like, I feel what like what did she do to you, Kathy? What did Leia ever do to you? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you hold this grudge? Yeah, I do I do feel like there it's not properly justified. Like if we had gotten some minutes in Leia's head for us to understand why she made that decision, then maybe like, it would be less problematic. But it is like a problematic where decision. she's like, hey, Chewie, here's what's going on. I know you'd probably feel uncomfortable, too. And yeah, no, yeah, because if it, was, just... if it started with a conversation with Chewie and Chewie's like, don't make me go to that. <laughs> <laughs> because let's face it, Chewie might have been like, nope, not sitting not down at their table. Not going to do it. Nope. Yeah, but Chewie was all but about no, this... it. He's like, fuck, yeah, party time. And he got all brushed and combed and quaffed and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So he looks adorable. When when I hit that description, I pictured the uh, the the uh, shot of the beast in Beauty and the Beast when he's all curls and, and bows. and. Oh, my God. And... I pictured the cowardly <laughs> lion after the spa scene in The Wizard of Oz. So same thing, basically. <laughs> right? There's a bow. There's a bow involved. Yeah, there is a bow involved in Beauty and the Beast, too. <laughs> Um, so off they go. Luke obsesses over some colored lights for some reason. I think it comes up later. I didn't really care that much. Um, Leia goes into a panic because the prime minister's wife is wearing a black cape. Um, and it reminds her of Vader, which is because everything reminds her of Vader. Yeah. Because she's got, she's clearly got some serious PTSD going on. Yeah. She's got understandable reasons. And Luke's just like, wow, she should get over that. (laughs) <laughs> i mean like, i can't oh my god luke i yeah, can't luke snark too in... much at leia here uh because i mean yeah it, it is understandable and that is the kind of thing that would probably like you know trigger a, a panic attack for someone in leia's position luke i mean in his defense probably does i mean look luke can't even read um so he probably he can read. luke can't that, read <laughs> luke can read he does it in the movies and that book we sell it at the store makes me so upset every time i see it because he does it in the freaking movies on screen come on guys huh? yeah i think luke can read he does on the way to uh dagobah for the first time he's having a conversation with r2d2 no, 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 no. what were you and- talking about the book they sell it in the store there's a book called Luke Skywalker Can't Read and Other Geeky Truths. Oh. <laughs> I, just, oh. I just started yeah. saying like, he couldn't read because it bothered Nancy and I thought yeah, it was funny. Yeah, he did it to, to, to troll Nancy, actually. <laughs> no, it is the name of a book that you can find. No, like, that's silly. Obviously, Luke can read. Like, yeah, he... In the freaking <laughs> Smithsonian store. It makes but, me very upset because it's like, Luke why is... would you name your book that? Also, you're wrong. <laughs> Luke is precious and he like doesn't understand the level of trauma that Leia has undergone. And good for Leia for not like unloading on him. He's yeah. been um, in the military for five years. Well, he doesn't years. say anything. He just... But he's never been tortured. So there's that. 
Um, still. Anyway, Han. Still, he's just like, wow, she doesn't even look all that much like Vader to me. Leia should, like, stop having PTSD already. Yeah, he really does go there. It's kind of bad. <laughs> it is not his most sensitive brotherly moment. <laughs> but, again, it's just in his head. It's not like he says that to her. <laughs> True. Yet. Um, but we can see inside his head right now. Yes. So we still know it's there. Um. Han gets mad because Leia's being nice to the Prime Minister, which I guess Han with is... With all that invisible... Yeah, that whole shoulder <laughs> that you're obsessed with. <laughs> I'm telling you, she just doesn't walk around with nothing on her shoulders, and now she is walking around with nothing <sighs> on her shoulders. All of this skin right in the face of this other guy, and Han Solo doesn't deal well with that and that is something that sort of remains consistent actually through the entire eu <laughs> is anytime anybody looks at leia like she's pretty he doesn't deal well with that bless his heart that's a weird choice because like in an empire when like lando's flirting with leia han is always just kind of rolling his eyes at it well she's also wearing like long underwear a snowsuit and <laughs> a jacket and gloves so i don't think what she's wearing uh never mind um leia this conversation is going weird places leia name drops alderaan Welcome. because of course she does um oh. and- <laughs> someone put in the notes hashtag borsk was right yeah, and it's was- like and yeah that- that was me. Yeah. That was not me. It's like, last time, it's like, okay, so last time she gave her entire backstory yeah. just so she could talk about Alderaan. Yeah. Now she's saying, I haven't seen a home so lovely since I left Alderaan, my home that was destroyed by the you Empire. You people blew up. And, and She's talking to the Prime Minister. The Prime Minister didn't blow up Alderaan. But he's still I- aligned with the Empire, which destroyed her home planet of Alderaan, which was known for their beauty and peacefulness. And also and- they had like a weapons industry, but they had no weapons there. So it's OK. And yeah. Now, the thing that blows my mind about this is as you read the description of this house, it is the height of someone in the 90s with more money than taste. <laughs> Repulsor beds. And well, it's, no, it's the, all it's of the this, rotating like, waterbed of the future. The clear glass floor with the river underneath it and the mountain carved in the middle of the table with the different colored LED lights cycling. Like somebody with a billion dollars and no taste in 1994 would have built this monstrosity in like Beverly Hills. In fact, maybe MC Hammer had a house just like this. <laughs> he had uh, three houses just like this, actually. Um, so it's one had really a walk-in closet filled with pants. That it just the description in my head is so tacky. I mean, I could be and down yet evocative of when it was written. I... That I'm like, Leia is kind of lying about how lovely their home is. <laughs> Well, no, Star, War- Star Wars universe is just super tacky. Um, <laughs> I could be down with like the floor being glass and like the river underneath and the fish table or whatever. But like, yeah, yeah like amazing. the mountain in the middle of the table with like the LED lights. It's it's a bit much. <laughs> it's tacky. It's it's tacky in the 90s. It is a special brand of more money than taste. But like the glass, like the sleek, you and know, everything's that's, like, illuminated with lava lamps. It's so and- Vegas. Okay, lava lamps are... And not are... like the good Vegas, like the downtown part. Is there a good Vegas? 
It, well, I, I mean, I've never been to Vegas. Neither have Mandalay I. Bay in the Four Seasons, that end of Vegas is lovely. The foundation room on top of Mandalay Bay, 10 out of 10, would recommend. But like, go the other way, go north, and you wind up like down by Fremont Street. And that's what this makes me think of, like the Golden Nugget in 1994. <laughs> you just have something against 1994. It was kind of peak tacky in a lot of ways. <laughs> also, approximately the era in which this book was being conceived. Um, True. Yeah. Sorry, I was just thinking of some of my outfits from 1994. Um, so, and Borsk is not right. Borsk is not right about anything ever. Borsk is always right. Um, so, I don't know. He said he was wrong once, and I'm pretty sure he was right about that. <laughs> okay, you have a point. <laughs> Blast you, pandantic show. <laughs> So, uh, so Luke sits down next to Gariel. Uh, what a surprise. What a coincidence. At, um, his inner monologue refers to her as that bright spot in the force. It's so gross. Like, oh my God, he, he's so horny. He talks about the seductive <laughs> savor of her presence. And it's like, it oh, my so God, weird. just jerk off already. Come on. <laughs> well, he's hoping not to have to. <laughs> the seductive savor. Of, oh, my God, Luke. Um, yeah, later he's even like, oh, maybe I still have a chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I actually like this pairing, too. Like, I sort of I sort of am rooting for Luke at this point. I'm like, <laughs> if anybody in the galaxy deserves to get some action right now, it's little Skywalker. And she's such a free spirit, you can tell, because she's not wearing shoes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but she's also, like, deeply dogmatic with regards to her religion <laughs> like yeah, she's, they actually a, she's extremely more, conservative <laughs> like but she's easy because she's blonde whoa whoa and like whoa, she's polydactyl whoa. Whoa. she's polydactyl like, which means she's like got hidden depths that are quirky yeah, yeah, if we're if we're talking about like super shallow <laughs> symbolism here but I mean, she is like they say. Like she, she, she even admits that she's like very conservative with regards to to her interpretation of the religion. Um, they no, do. I just... She said that she was like not at all conservative compared to the rest of the planet. No, like no, her no. sister's an ascetic. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, her sister was more conservative than she, but I think she was more conservative than like sort of the general. I think that's the opposite of what she said. Mm, could be. I don't know. So that's not what she said. Maybe. I don't know. I find the discussion way, of her religion interesting here. Um, I know one of you had a problem with it last time, but... Uh, that's because they didn't explain it at all, and it was just like Jedi bad because they have happiness and it's like that's that's not even how jedi work but okay but they actually explained it better later on in the section which made me much happier yeah i don't think it was explained that poorly in the first section but i do like the uh the uh the more more nuance and depth that, that we get here um we <laughs> we also learned that uh the local fruit is apparently a drug um that provide that produces good feelings like i was thinking of the the orgasm cake in the second matrix movie um but yeah they make they make no um like it's not even subtle <laughs> they, yeah they don't even try to hide what good feelings means yeah <laughs> yeah 
and she, like tricks Luke into drinking some of its nectar. Yeah, like here, have some and of this just, orgasm like, juice. At <laughs> and she like sits there and watches him react. Yeah, it is literally like I don't know if you've ever had moonshine. But if you haven't, the first time someone gives you moonshine, they're going to hand it to you and they're just going to sit there and watch because the look on someone's face the first time they try moonshine is funny because it's not what you expect. And it's so that like the sort first of time someone watches End of Evangelion. <laughs> um, I've never had moonshine. I expect it tastes like paint thinner. Um... See, my real question is, though, like, does moonshine give people orgasms? Like, is that a thing? I don't think no. so. Because I'm pretty sure, no. like, that's what makes this super, like, even more uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. You have a point. It's but really... yeah, she just sits there and watches him do it, like, super sinister. Yeah, it's really <laughs> like, weird. I'm, like, I'm going to get you, Jedi. He's, like, panting at her. And she's like, here, have this orgasm candy. And he yeah. and like it's like, I mean, that's that's just kind of mean. I mean, I don't want to like you know, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it is it is kind of mean, but it's also kind of hilarious. Like you know, I I don't want to say she's like leading him on, but like it's yeah, it's a little mean. <laughs> um. But so after the multiple orgasms, um, they talk a little bit about oh uh, the the uh, the the emperor and how he's dead, and like Luke like t- talks around like what actually happened. She's like, "Well, how do you know he's dead?" And he's like, "Um, I felt him die." Without like explaining, also I was there and s- saw him die. Like a big blue cloud came out of his body. It was really cool. (laughs) I was literally right there. He was trying to murder me when it happened. (laughs) He was was calcifying my brain. (laughs) Amazing. I'm sort of still dealing with this injury, but we'll never mention it again. (laughs) No, they mentioned it this time, how he like, he spent the the time in hyperspace between Endor and here uh, healing himself. Yeah, and it also says, and he he didn't do it, like, 100% perfectly, and he'll have to deal with it a little bit for the rest of his life. I must have missed that part. <laughs> it was, like, same time, it's, it's, and then it's just never mentioned again. Yeah. But it's, like, at the same point, he's like, yeah, I was able to heal me mo- myself mostly, but there's still a little bit that's going to stay there. And it's like, sure, Luke. Brain bone. Except sure. this at this point in writing the EU, the authors didn't have a wiki to go to where they needed to check in what damage had been done to the characters in a previous <laughs> book so that they could make sure to include it for continuity. And yet they didn't seem to forget that like Leia and Han had children. Which is good. I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm glad that they never forgot about the kids. <laughs> that would have been really interesting so if the EU had just been a complete free for all and like nobody read the other books and just like you know, sometimes they had kids, sometimes they didn't, sometimes the kids had different names, different abilities. Well, don't <laughs> forget that there are Princess Leia, sometimes they get married in hologram fun world. <laughs> yes. Well, or no, they only almost got married in Hologram Fun World, but Mon Mothman was going to marry them at the end of that book. And then apparently something happened that was never outlined so that they don't get married. So that then Courtship of Princess Leia happens, which 
sadly should not have happened. <laughs> that book was just a train wreck. It was a train wreck. We'll train get wreck. there. Hilarious. And it brought us so much good things. We it, will get there. And, and no I good can't. <laughs> oh, it brought us it brought us Dathomir. We got the night witches out of that. So no, that's true. Um so Governor Nearest makes an issue of Chewie's presence because of course he does. Um now, see, we're supposed to think he's a racist, so that one's okay. <laughs> I mean, he is a racist. He is a racist. He's like, what's this dumb alien doing here? <laughs> and Chewie's like, uh, you can send me to, like, parlay with the sea root because they don't want my brain juice, which, like, seems really weird and random, but all right. And he's like, yeah, the worst they can do to me is kill me. Everyone's <laughs> just kind of silent for a moment. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Madame Captison, I think this is sort of her own form of rebellion, has been super adorable with Chewie the whole time. She's been a really excellent host and like friendly with him, and it's I mean, cute. And I like think called, she, I think like she's she doing him it, dear or honey or something. Yeah. yeah, I think she's doing it as like a big fu to the Empire. I think she's doing it because Chewie's adorable. Well, probably that too. And he's a giant teddy bear. <laughs> He is. I mean, he's a teddy bear that'll rip your arms off. Right. But she doesn't know that's that. That's like a good thing. <laughs> um. So Luke reasons out why the Emperor made a deal with the Sea Rook, uh, using a delightful homespun analogy of what a moisture farmer does with his extra crop, um, which is sell them to an evil reptilian race uh, for surplus. Uh, basically, the Emperor wanted battle droids uh, powered by uh, human brains, and uh, he figured he could uh, get them by uh, giving the uh, the Siruk, uh, I guess, the Bakurans. Um, in the middle of dinner, uh, word comes through that the Death Star, uh, the Death Star Two, is really gone. And um, rather than throw a tantrum, Nerus actually agrees then to uh, to the truce uh, at Bakura. It's the name of the book. It happens here. The name of the book. <laughs> they even and, shake hands like on the cover. <laughs> and nobody gets up and is like, told ya. Even though that would be a super Han Solo thing to do right then. You know, Leia like sat them all down ahead of time and was like, okay, you guys, if this happens, don't say I told you so. That is the worst form. No Han, not even you. You will get no more smooches this whole trip. Exactly. Like, do not gloat. Or else. And Luke's like, but I wanted to. Yeah. Um, that's... So that was a really Do long... not gloat, Luke, or no more trips to Tashi Station for power converters. <laughs> I, I will turn this car around. <laughs> He's our best customer. <laughs> he is our... We love him at Tashi Station. <laughs> Especially Nancy. <laughs> um... <laughs> She's the one who named him Wormy. Um, so that was a really long <laughs> chapter. Um, but we're moving on to chapter 10 now. Uh, Dev is interrogated uh, by the Siruk. I saw the show notes. Oh, my God. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, interrogated about his forced contact with Luke uh, by the by the, the Siruk upper echelon. Um, he comes up with the bright idea that Luke much powerful and greater trained uh, in the force than Dev is, uh, could be used to intech humans uh, from a distance at a long range, uh, which seems like a disastrous uh, thing to happen. Um, 
Dev uh, reaches out with the Force and uh, manages to get Luke's name out of his brain so that the Siruk know know who they're looking for. Um, Tyrus is writing... Oh, oh. once more. Yeah. Luke just said in the previous chapter, no, I can't read your thoughts with the Force. And here Dev is proving him wrong. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe Dev is better at that kind of the Force than Luke is. I think maybe Luke has not tried real hard to do that, so he doesn't know he can. Yeah. He may be that gifted kid that, like, stops when it gets difficult. <laughs> um. Also, I mean, he didn't have a ton of training. You know, Yoda was probably focused more on, like, combat and shit. Um, so, uh, Tyres is writing Dev's moods as, like, and his loyalty is shifting back and forth. And, like, I get what she's going for here. He's, like, conflicted in his own mind. He's loyal to the Siruk because of the brainwashing and because they raised him. But also, like, obviously, they're horribly abusive monsters who use him for his techment, you know, abilities. And he's, you know, deep at his core loyal to humans. Um but like he doesn't even have polydactyl eyes come on the way it's written is just like really sloppy and bad and i don't like it um he i have to make myself read those parts i'm not even gonna lie like it's really hard to get through like it's just it's verbal spaghetti it's all over the place that's Um, a good term for it there's like no transition too yeah one moment he's like Oh, humans are the worst. I wish I were scaly and beautiful, but at least maybe someday I can be a battle droid, which would be the worst fate ever. I hate these dang lizard people. What is happening? Yeah. But like that. Basically. That like chain of thought that you just like spoke aloud, like is better written and more clear than these <laughs> these passages. We're all such huge tire fans. <laughs> oh, my God, guys. This book is a tires fire. Oh, oh, oh my that god. was that was bad. Oh my god, that was that was, that was bad. Oh that my was god. that was that, that was, was like a dad joke. Written. I'm a genius, yeah. right? That, that was, was worse written than this chapter. I it's am true. a genius for certain um, values. The word genius. He uses the force to warn Luke. Um, there's a note here. I'm not going to read. He loves him. Um. Because he loves him. <laughs> Luke wakes up and senses the warning. Um, He's so gay for Luke. Okay. Um, (laughs) You know I'm right. I know you're right. Thank you. (laughs) I gotta be on team show for this one. I mean, I don't really have like a... a, such an adorable brainwashed gay, except he was written in the 90s in a Star Wars book. I don't really have a horse in this race. Right. I just... I just like watching you do this. Um. <laughs> You're welcome. I put those little notes throughout the entire show notes I'm because sh- they are show notes now. Uh, um, yeah, I got mad at that after I said tires fire. I contain <laughs> multitudes. Um, so Blue Scale comes and renews Dev again because he needs more renewal or something. I don't know. Um Luke goes to deal with an incident at the docks. Uh, some Mon Calamari came down for some R&R. You know, they were looking forward to hitting the bars. Maybe... Hitting that orgasm juice. Getting some orgasm That's- juice. But um, I some- find this, like... I find this forcing plot... Like, it, it makes no sense to me. I cannot believe that the rank and file of the Rebel Alliance army 
on assignment on an imperial world would presume that their standing duty rotation and standing shore leave rotation was still valid without checking with somebody first. And they've only been and there for like two days. It's not like it's been a month. Like, oh, it's our turn to have shore leave. We're just going to go <laughs> to this hostile imperial world as Mon Calamari. And they have like that no aliens here. Why do you keep making like, excuses for bad racist imperialism, Amanda? I'm not making excuses. <laughs> I'm saying it's bad military procedure. It's no, like, it's, so, okay, so if they were if they were if they were sieging Coruscant right now, would they be like, oh, well, time for shore leave? Shore leave. Yeah. Oh boy, and vacation would, time. And they would go to the holographic zoo. They totally would. And it I mean, would have been, yeah. I mean, I honestly, it seems weird that they would like have like shore leave in this like situation for anybody because like you don't it's go on shore active... leave when you're in theater. Yeah, it's an active when you're military. in theater. Shore leave is suspended. Yeah. Anyway, maybe but... they got wind of the truce and they're like, "Up, oh, white flags are up. Truce Party's on. Hell yeah!" Um, so and yeah, so the Mon Calamari, the Mon Calamari are mistaken for Sea Rook because giant fish people look like giant lizard people. Um, there's a fight. It was really, really dark. Okay. Two Bakurans are killed. Uh, it turns out the Bakurans were hired by the governor to keep an eye on the rebel pads and make sure the Sea Rook didn't get through there. Which Luke reads from their minds. So yeah, he can do Ariel, that. It's totally fine. He can't read thoughts at all. He just gets general impressions of feelings, you know. This book is very badly written. Um, Leia gets a visit from Anakin. Um, he's like, "Yo, maybe forgive me," and she's like, uh, "No, you Not. are horrible. You tortured me a bunch of times, at least twice. You blew up my planet." Um, also, I think, think Tears is trying to get us to like think that Leia's being unreasonable with this, but it's like, no, she's, she's 100% not. not. Yeah, it's like also, like, Anakin, what were you thinking showing up right now? <laughs> this is like terrible. Not a good idea. Read the room, well, and then bro. he's like, <laughs> not leaving at all. He's yeah. just like, no, I'm and just he's gonna like, hang around here forever. He's like, tell Oh, wow, Luke Anakin has boundary like, issues. Who would have thought? <laughs> But that's literally, literally why in a couple of paragraphs, it's Leia's bright idea. Hey, Solo, let's have some sex. Because if Ghost Dad is hanging around, there will be nothing that would piss him off more than to have to watch that. And she like defiantly shakes her fist in the air at nothing because she's like, well, if he's going to be watching me all the time. And I loved it because it's just like, that's... That's perfect right there. This, this is the layout that I've wanted this whole book. <laughs> shaking her fist at the air. That was so stupid. Oh, it was great. It's just great. like, it's so perfect. Wherever you are, Darth Vader, I shake my fist at you. Also, where do you get the idea that she and Han have sex here? That's exactly what they do. They're in like the like... next chapter, that's all that she and Luke talk about. Oh, in the next chapter. No, in the next chapter, all they talk about is what she, happened in this chapter, which was just that. She, like, starts making out with him, pulls all the pins out of her hair, and looks at him and is like, um, I'm going to call and tell them we're going to be late. Did you miss all of this, Bowers? I guess. I mean, it's fade to black. We don't get, like, fanfic-level smut here, but it's very clear that that's the next thing that happens. <laughs> 
And then, yeah, she and Luke talk about it later. So we get to talk about it again. And then he's no, like, oh, they're TMI, like, TMI. They're kissing. I'm looking at it. They're kissing. And then the comm center blasts. And Han starts going, it's not fair. It's not fair. Because they were about to get it on. Right, and then they just they... got interrupted. And then, and then they talk about how Leia's not presentable right then. Right. Because she's just, like, started to get all undone. But it's not fade to black. It's it's interrupted. It's coitus interruptus. Yes, which means that right after this... As soon as they get off the phone... Okay, sure. All right, I'll buy that. I just... And then later Luke's like, oh... You were what making it sound like there was, like, a shot of, like, curtains gently wafting in the breeze. And then, like, you know, a shot of, no, Leia, definitely... a shot of Leia with her, you know, with the blanket pulled up death over her. And a death stick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, not at all. But no, then then we, we will revisit this shortly because Luke's like, so what did you and Han do all day? And yeah. Leia's like, uh, like, yeah, that maybe you shouldn't ask. We uh, we went to the zone of the bone. I don't know if you're familiar <laughs> with it. And he's like, they don't call me Wormy like, for nothing. We went on a walk in the <laughs> park. He's like, and then she blushes and Luke's like, oh, wow. Is this what it was like growing up with siblings? And she's like, um, we've had a hard time finding time alone. Okay. <laughs> Twice. She's like, it's been hard to find time alone. Like, what do you want from me? <laughs> and then he's like, oh, oh, that phone call was really bad timing, huh? She's like, like of all the times for you not to violate people's privacy with your force abilities, Luke. Jeez, (laughs) right, right. Like, check. That would have been super awkward, though. So, yeah. Uh, Oh God, now I'm thinking about it. Okay, chapter eleven. My sister and my best friend. That's exactly not the sex he wants to. Let's yeah. Let's let's share that with my brain magic. Um. Chapter 11, there's this weird scene between Luke and, and Captain Manchisco, however you say that, um, where she's like, I think this will be the last time we see each other. And I'm like, okay, nobody talks like that. So obviously, like, this character is going to die at some point. But, like, no, nobody would say that. Like, they barely know each other. And, like, just no, no. Caddy tires, come on. Come on. What are you doing? Girl. Yeah, that was not the best. They Girl. were kind of like locked in a small ship together for a month, but I guess. Yeah. But it's still like a really weird we, thing to say. Like, I keep even forgetting she exists, and it talked about her having three braids on on each side of her head, and I like. I guess they probably mentioned that before, but here I am trying to figure it out again. I mean, it's Star like, Wars. Everybody's work. got. What's some the arrangement of the braids? Like, did they ever style. mention this? before or did she like change her hair her look while she was here i mean she's had some time on her hands because i think she's just figured out she has to cancel shore leave also does everybody in the star wars universe have like 20 pounds of hair that they can make like enormous like ear muffler buns or like have three braids come like you know how much hair they three could be, braids would they take could be re- they could be really thin braids, man. Yes, well, and but... apparently Barber is not like a standard MOS in the Rebel Alliance. <laughs> Crix Maydine also has too much hair. <laughs> oh my gosh, Tom, I want to change my character's class in uh, of Dice and Droids. Can my class be a barber? <laughs> you get advantage to it. Right uh, right up the stats. I mean, you know this. what you would get advantage to. This is that's a terrible class. <laughs> Okay, no, now see, now that makes me want to come in an NPC as the barber. That's what I want to do. You know, like people would spill their guts to me all the time. (laughs) 
like being a bartender, but with sharp objects. Uh, Which, yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, so Luke goes to see Senator Belden, uh, finds Gary instead. Uh, this is... Oh, Cal Surprise. Huh? That's not, like, stilted oh. and forcing plot at all. Yeah, no, of course not. Um, <laughs> every door I open here is Gary. Um... Yeah, I forget yeah. what the relation here was, but it's this—it's the kindly it's like old Bel- couple that she was taking care of, and Belden's wife's uh, caretaker just so happened to have like a family emergency that day. Yeah. The one day Luke is like, "Let's go visit Belden." <laughs> um, yeah, so Belden's wife is like comatose because the Empire had tortured her um, because she was a rebel. Um, Luke tries to force Same heal more, her. Um, Dementia e than comatose. True, true. Yeah, Sorry. it's like somewhere between dementia and catatonia. No, 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 you're right. Like, yeah. Um, Jeez, but so, Bowers. But so he tries, he tries to use his mind powers to heal her. Um, basically, to impress Gariel. Um, I guess also because it's the right thing to do, but I, he seems mostly focused on like, what, what Gary's yeah, going to think. Yeah, trying to impress Gary. Yeah. He seriously thinks at one point, maybe this will convince Gary that I'm a good guy. And it's force, like, oh my God, this lady was so force good. lobotomized. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, really, look what I could do with the force. <laughs> and at this point, the thing is, Luke is so Luke that it doesn't feel like he's trying to get into her pants. He's just really at this point of like, but everybody likes me. Why doesn't she like me? I want her to like me. Everybody likes me. It, I'm totally trying to get It kind of feels like he's trying to get into her pants. <laughs> but like, but there's that undercurrent of, because once she likes me, I can get into her pants. <laughs> yeah, because like, her, seriously, is her it, is it this presence chapter in the force is so like, it, whatever. Was it Dazzling. this chapter or the next chapter where it's just where at one point he's just like, and then if she shoots me down again, I can leave the planet with only mild regrets. Oh, who am I kidding? And it's like, yeah, he's he's thinking about getting into her pants. <laughs> he's smitten. He is he has got lust in his heart. But it's also like the kind of like creepy, like, you know, okay, bro, like she's giving you the signal to like back off like that's not the go ahead like it's not an invitation to like try harder um but i mean that's just like you know the media of the day um so anyway leia goes to apologize to the prime minister for the incident at the docks uh she then offers r2 and 3po to help decipher the c rook language um we thankfully spend not that much time with 3po um we check in on Governor Neris, who is apparently an orgasm candy addict, because who wouldn't be? Um, <laughs> no, that's okay. He's got, got his habit under control. He just has, like, two candy breaks a day. Yeah. Not two candies, two candy breaks a day. We don't right. know how long He's they are. Shovel, and then some nectar in the evening. Shovel those candies in his mouth during those breaks. <laughs> I'm just saying his Amazon subscription stays up to date. <laughs> Um, Alexa, order more candy. (laughs) Give me more orgasm candy. Um, So he Ah. gets a message from Dev. Dev offers to leave with the Siruk if if they can take Luke with them. Nereus, thankfully, isn't so dumb that he thinks that this would be a good idea, but he does start thinking about just killing Luke outright. Um, Which, to be fair, is like a legit good plan. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Like he knows it that it would probably help, yeah. He knows that the Sirug want Luke for something diabolical. Um 
you know, and he doesn't give a shit about Luke. He's just a filthy rebel. So he's like, yeah, no, let's kill this guy. Makes sense. I mean, he's just a poor boy. Nobody loves him. Yeah. Um, so chapter 12, um, Luke and Gary will have the longest, most boring, awkward, obnoxious conversation that has ever been committed to Paige. Because, like, okay, first of all, like, Kathy Tires is trying to write them, like, flirting and it's not good. Um, but most importantly, like, it's a secret conversation because so the Empire can't listen in on them. Gary's got this device that, like, she can turn on for a few seconds at a time before somebody picks up on the fact that she's got this device. Um, and they can talk while the device is on and not be overheard. And, like, that makes sense. Yeah, and it's... But, like... But the way it's written is a little ridiculous. She's like, turn on the device. Now we're going to say something really secret and really important. And then I'm going to turn off the device. And don't you like fish, Mr. Yeah. Skywalker? And like, I will order us some fish. And that's fine as far as it goes. But it's just, it's so poorly written that, like... I can't keep track of the conversation. Like, it's very at, confusing. At, like, at, I couldn't tell some, when the like device was point, on and when it was off. At some point, she even forgot to, like, write in, oh, and then they switched on the device or they switched off the device. Like, they, yeah. she straight up forgot at one point. But the whole time, I was just distracted thinking about how incredibly awkward it must have sounded to those listening in. <laughs> like, that one episode of The Simpsons where Marge's letter makes them completely redo Itchy and Scratchy is harmless and inoffensive, and they're just sitting in rocking chairs like... <laughs> You're, yeah. I'm glad you're my friend. Rock, <laughs> rock, rock. Lemonade, rock, <laughs> rock, rock. Why, yes, thank you. This is actually one of the few episodes of The Simpsons I've seen. <laughs> it's um, a good episode. But yeah, it's 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 super bad and dumb. And I, and but, and he's also trying so hard. He's yeah, trying so hard. He's trying real I hard. Can feel through the force that you're a woman of depth. Oh my deep god. Feelings. He's like, I'm just... is this is this the point when like it mentions that like her green eye is filled with anger and passion and while her gray eye seemed cold and calculating. <laughs> because she's two faced? I mean what it's like <laughs> Oh my god. Happening? It's so bad and dumb. Is she Isard? <laughs> That's um, gotta be it. Yeah. Um, what a twist. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I don't even like it was so badly written. Like, I don't even know, like, what, like, the scene accomplished, if it accomplished anything, like if any information or plot was advanced, like it went right past me because it was just so like bad and awkward and I didn't care enough to like read it again to try and parse it out. <laughs> Let's see. Um, oh, they explained her religion more, and that's all I remember about that conversation, other than them talking about seafood. Cool. Oh, because um, Desert Kid really knows anything about seafood. Yeah. Oh, it, and it was it was, was a desert boy about... eating fish. Like that's what the scene was for me. Yeah. And then right before the scene started, Luke was thinking about like how this would be heaven for Uncle Owen because it's raining, and I'm thinking to myself, no, think of all the profits he would lose. That's true. It would be heaven for Uncle Owen if he were there on Bakura on vacation. Yeah. But yeah, if, if it, rained, if if it, it started like that raining like that, Uncle Owen would be out of business. <laughs> he would have no job. Yeah. He would be completely fried. Also, yeah. he would probably drown because those houses are not built to withstand rain. No, and... in fact, they're built like as bulls in the earth. And... <laughs> 
And there's and- just like sand everywhere too, so you'd probably end up like covered in wet sand in a hole in the earth. That doesn't sound pleasant. It would not end well. The flash flood potential is outrageous. <laughs> it's just not good. So, so, fun fact, this is what I think about when I'm reading Star Wars books, apparently. Or at least when you're reading really boring Star Wars books. And your mind has to fill in something to uh, to entertain itself. Um, so, Luke goes up to the roof after his terrible conversation with Gariel. And he calls out to the Force through ben- to Ben and to Yoda. But, uh, but Leia hears him in the forest and comes herself. I actually like that moment. Like, I think it's cute that, like, Luke is, doesn't think to, like, call out to Leia, but she hears him anyway and, like, comes. Like, it's sweet that she comes, but also that, like, you know, Luke is not used to having a sister, um, or any, anybody really to lean on. Um, and, uh, and so he doesn't think to, to call out to her. It's, it's a nice moment. Um, and the whole conversation is adorable. And I mean, because she's like, Vader showed up and Luke's jealous. Yeah. I'm like, well, why did you show up for you and not me? <laughs> like, yeah. Vader doesn't exist anymore, Leia. Gosh. Oh, yeah. He like, I mean, I guess he's not pretending, but it sounds why, like he's I don't he's, know why he just like, sounded like, like Napoleon, but. But like, he's super douchey about it. He's, she's like, she's like, Vader showed up and he's like, he's super confused. He's like, Vader? He's like, oh, you must mean Anakin. It's like the guy's. Who, like, when you say something about Japan, they're like, Japan? Oh, you must mean Glorious Nippon. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. The, the guy in the scenario yeah. is white, just Nippon. to be clear. Come on, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was the impression I got from that. Um, and then, yeah, they have a little chat about Anakin. They have a little chat about, you know... And, and again, Luke Luke makes the mistake of being like, so what did you do all day? And yeah. she's like, well, we got rid of the droids, and then we went for a walk, and then we... Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, TMI, like, TMI. And, and he's like, oh, is this what I missed growing up without siblings? And Leia's just like, I'm... Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> womp, womp. <laughs> because you've got to remember now... Um, in the old EU canon, we're talking about the princess who understood that owning a Thronta and having a balcony meant she could leave home at night whenever she wanted to to go skinny dipping. So um, had she grown up with a sibling, he would have been hearing stories like this all the time. You know, Winter, like, heard these stories all the time. Oh, God, I think and Winter probably super, like, encouraged her. Yeah. It's like, no, no, I'll totally cover for you. Go, have fun. <laughs> and that's how she later. gained her targeter skills. Yes. Exactly. Uh, wait. And they could make up the most elaborate cover story, and Winter would remember it, because Winter remembers everything. <laughs> I think I think Winter earned her nickname targeter somewhere else, if you know what I mean. I have no <laughs> idea what you mean. I have no idea what that was <laughs> Cause she, t- never mind. Um, shooting range, that would work. <sighs> you know, and then they also have this conversation about like, hey, Leia, are you and Han thinking about having kids? And she's like, we've been a couple for like forty five minutes. Yeah, it's super. <laughs> it's a super awkward and invasive like question. It is, it <laughs> I know. Is, I talk to my brother like that. <laughs> well, and really, if you think about it, if you if you truly analyze this, like there were probably a couple of weeks between Tatooine and Endor. And then there's been a couple of days since Endor. So Leia and Han have been able to be like a couple officially together 
for less than a month. And Luke's so like the you really... worst like meddling mother. She's, you know, they go yeah. on one date and he's like, oh, so kids, kids, when are kids coming? Hmm? Right. Are you yep. going to have children? Yes, like what all these questions? And it's, I want to be an uncle. Like, he's known, <laughs> and he's known that, that there were siblings for like a week. Yeah, days. yeah. Like before that, he wanted to take her to Pound Town. So like, that's <laughs> true. He wanted her to have his children. Feelings, like, yeah. feelings are confusing. <laughs> oh, and it even even it. He talks about that earlier in the book when he's like, not long ago. Yeah, but that he, was in the past. It's one of like the <laughs> like, few see, times that they reference the choice to that. interpret that as I as him knowing that they had a connection and it secretly being familial love the whole time. That's how I chose to interpret that. I mean, that my- is a good way to interpret that, but I think there was a little bit of lust attached. No, there I chose to interpret it that way. <laughs> my- I made this conscious decision. My favorite thing in the Star Wars universe is Luke and Leia stories written before um, <laughs> Return of the Jedi came out. Oh. My, my second favorite thing is stories written after Return of the Jedi came out that try to justify it. <laughs> The previous no. Have you read Splinter of the Mind's Eye? Yes, I have, have and it, it is amazing. Okay. But it is, it is nowhere near as amazing as the like thirty times that they make out in the Marvel comics. <laughs> See, I- okay. Have you read the, the letter uh, to the Marvel comics where there's someone who's just like, um, who's like complaining that there's not enough romance in Star Wars, and they're like, guys, I love the comics, but come on, add some ro- more romance in there. Obviously, Luke and Leia are supposed to be a young couple in love. Come on, you guys, stop stop holding out on us. And, and the editor's just like, um, maybe you should wait for the movie to come out. Because <laughs> sorry, sorry to like shoot down your shit, bro, but uh, <laughs> that could end poorly if we. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, I I enjoy. There's a little moment in the Princess Leia uh, miniseries uh, that Mark Wade wrote that uh, <laughs> had nods to that as well that uh, I find hilarious. Um. Anyway, um. We go from there back to Dev and the Sea Rook. Uh, Dev tests out the new entechment chair that will allow Luke to entech people long distance. Um, they also tech out. They tech out. They also test out um, a new drug or something or other that will allow them to control Luke when he gets there. They test it on Dev. Um, he stabs his hand. They make him stab himself in his hand with and- like a weird giant fork thing and then they leave him there for hours don't, because don't they're be the worst so, don't be mean to the to the cute brainwashed gay <laughs> um, right, but, but but we could expect that because this was the 90s and the gays always get it like something bad true. always I'm totally, happens i'm fully expecting him to die <laughs> The '90s fridge the gays on the regular. Oh, he's a hundred like, percent gonna even, like die for maybe Luke. Maybe with like never even meeting Luke, but he's totally gonna die. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm not giving spoilers. <laughs> um, yeah, Luke's gonna die. Captain Manchizo's gonna die. Um, Gary will gonna die. Gary will remain behind. Um. And always fondly remember the time she and Luke spent together. Um, fondly, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when she when she drinks her orgasm nectar. I was gonna say. 
which sounded a lot worse. Okay, when it's I worse when it. you say the nectar than the candy. <laughs> it is. It's true. It's a orgasm. thousand percent worse. <laughs> Can we title the episode either Orgasm Nectar or Ridden Like a Tauntaun? <laughs> like, well, I feel that this was tonight's theme, really. We'll see. <laughs> The best was, part is that the was... listeners still have no idea what the whole written like a tauntaun thing's about. <laughs> but I think they probably understand what it means. <laughs> Guys, it's not talking about Leia and Han, shockingly enough. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Lightspeed recommendation time. Lightspeed Rex, where we take 60 seconds or less to recommend something non-Star Wars to you. Our lovely listeners show. What have you got for us this week? Can I talk about what I did this weekend? Uh, sure. Uh, I don't know what you did this weekend. (laughs) Oh, I went to FlameCon. Oh, yeah, of course. I knew that. Go ahead. Go for it. Uh, It was super good. It's in Brooklyn, New York. So it is a queer comic con, basically. Oh, rad. So it was, it's um, relatively small, but um, it's only been around for three years and they've gotten some really excellent guests and it just felt really comfortable and happy and um, there was like good representation on the dealer's floor merchandise wise for like all different kinds of identities. It wasn't just like cis white guys it was like you could you could find things with all of the flags all over the place it was great um and in general it was really fun and like all of my favorite independent comic creators were there and including many i forgot were going to be there so there was like kate leth oh and mark like um kevin wada was there and Chris Anka was there and like Wendy Shu was there and Megan Anissa who make namesake were there and Natalie Rias was there and it was just great. That's awesome. So you should you should you should go to that. It was really fun. Yeah, it sounds great. Um every everything was queer and nothing hurt. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. It was so good. Uh Amanda, what about you? What do you got? Um, I just read the uh, proof that's going to the printers of the September quarterly anthology from the publishers of Mad Scientist Journal, and it is riotous and awesome, and I highly recommend it when it hits bookstores uh, in the middle of September. And um, before then, if you want to get started on mad science-y interesting things, um, you can find on Amazon all of their previous anthologies. I am reading through back issues now because they are rad and fun. The Quarterly Mad Scientist Journal? Yes. And it, they what do they publish? Just short speculative fiction? It's, or? it's short Angry fiction. Science rap. It's, um, it sort of has an in-universe bent to it. Oh, I meant to be doing this whole thing in a Brooklyn accent. My bad. Uh, it's got sort of a... <laughs> It's got sort of a mad scientist bent to the whole thing. So some of it's fiction, some of it's uh, quote unquote nonfiction. You got your uh, classified ads, letters from the editor, that sort of stuff. Hey, sounds really good. fun. Sounds real good. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out at madscientistjournal.com. Yeah, check this shit out. 
Um, if possible, I think I'm even more Western than you, and even <laughs> I am like, shaking my head at this. Um, like no, thing. I studied accents for a long time. Like you, you bring up a place, and I will start talking like it just to troll you. Yeah, and Arrow. I can't do accents, but you bring up a place, and I will start doing a terrible <laughs> accent just to troll you. <laughs> um. For me, I have been reading All the President's Men, the uh, 1974 book by uh, Woodward and Bernstein uh, that accounts the uh, Washington Post's uh, coverage of the Watergate scandal that eventually took down uh, President Richard Nixon um, for reasons. No, no reason, really, why I thought it would be a good time to finally read this book. Um it's really good. I haven't finished it yet, but it's it's really good. Um, I've seen the movie uh, several times, and I love the movie. Um, but the book uh, really goes more in depth in a really interesting way. Um, it's it's really well written. It it strikes a good balance between like getting the facts across and also you know sort of entertaining you with like just behind the scene tidbits of the personalities of the the people involved. Um, and. Uh, and yeah, it remains, you know, shockingly relevant today. So um, I I highly recommend it if you haven't read it. And uh, if you have, uh, it might be a, a good moment uh, for a uh, for a reread. Um, all right. Well, that does it for us this week. Uh, the Throngcast is a Tashi Station podcast. Uh, this episode has been brought to you in part by Her Universe and by you, our Patreon subscribers. Uh, if you're not already subscribed, uh, check it out. Uh, it's at patreon.com slash Tashi Station, one word. Uh, if you subscribe, you get access to all sorts of cool things, including the patrons-only Slack channel, which Amanda will now say that she still needs to join. Totally still need to join that. <laughs> but if you join the Slack channel, you too can join the legions, by which I mean uh, some people, of folks uh in harassing brian and trying to get him to finally finally reread revenge of the sith by matthew stover yes this is a he's thing. never gonna reread that this is a thing for some reason um he promised okay he when bria did the waru express he promised her that he was going to reread revenge of the sith oh now he has to okay i didn't know he promised bria yeah he has to he okay. promised her in it's not meant for the harassment deciding him he needs to do that yeah, so you need to join, Amanda. Join, I do. Join the legions. I do. <laughs> um, if, if any of our editors at Tashi Station are listening to this podcast right now, feel free to, to uh, add me. Where else can like, people... You know, just because you said that, you know, Bria's going to like add it before this episode is even listened to by anyone. I mean, because she's already she'll done She'll just it. be like, I know she must be added. She's already done it. She's doing it right now. Like, she has insane superpowers. Where else can I people find you fun. guys on the internet? Uh, Amanda? I am at Amanda the Ginger on Twitter, and I am proud to announce I now have an official author website Ooh. available. That is www.amanda.com thegingervillain.com uh, there's not a whole lot there right now because my book doesn't come out till next spring but uh, just so people are aware you can sign up for a mailing list find out when I'm being published places and uh, when I'm making appearances at cons and stuff awesome show what about you I am uh, on twitter at Riorin spelled R-Y-O-R-I-N 
And you can find me on other Tashi Station podcasts, such as Ace Space uh, and of Dice and Droids. And you should definitely check both those out. Um, I am on yes. Twitter at MR Bowers, and my other podcast and movie discussion show is at www.cinescopers.com. Um, this week, I don't know what we're doing this week because we recorded ahead and I'm all confused, but uh, it's good, whatever it is. So go check it out. Um, come back here next week when we'll be discussing chapters 13 through 16 of the Truce of Bakura. Until then, remember what Jedi Master Luminara told her Padawan Barris Ophi how we face death is at least as important as how we face life. Bye!